0: Well hi everyone and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host Lori LeBay and keep your fingers crossed because technology has been a little hanky for us so we're hoping things will be just fine here. Before I introduce our guest today, I always like to go ahead and uh, do a few shout outs. So first, if you liked our opening music, it's called Clarion Call by the Mark Arneson Band, and um, they are just so wonderful. You can download that on any of your favorite music platforms, so please feel free to go ahead and do that uh, anytime. And then for those of you that are new, you might not know what we're all about. Basically, I am a daughter whose mom had dementia for 30 years. And so I created Alzheimer's Speak to connect people to services and products and tools around the world. So Alzheimer's Speak likes to raise all voices, big and small, um, all over the world. Like I said, from those diagnosed to family and friends to advocates and researchers and a wide variety of businesses and so forth. So um, please feel free if you think you've got a story to share, uh, reach out to me at radio at uh, com. I would love to talk with you. Now, uh, coming up on Wednesday, I'm actually going to be doing a um, program which will be virtual, so anybody can attend, and that is sponsored by Artist Senior Living, and it's called As the Cookie Crumbles. And I'm just going to be sharing about my own experience with my own mom, and the lessons that I learned during that period of time. And that is from 5:30 to 6:30 Wednesday, the 20th. And you can register by calling 32. Uh, three, three, uh, here I go: 312423. 1514 and then mark your calendars also for may 12th because central minnesota dementia community action network is going to be having dale brennison speak and that is free for anyone to attend um, virtually or you can um, meet in person as well and you can go and uh, check them out you can find out more information uh, through dementia map And if you're not familiar with Dementia Map, uh, it is a collaboration between myself and Dave Wiedrich, who is the founder of the Memory Cafe directories for five different countries. There you can search over 150 different categories so we're building out every day and so please check it out it's free to use you don't have to give any personal information out and if you are someone who has resources products or tools and want to be listed um, please contact me or just go to Dementia Map you can find more information there as well and then I'm big into support and so uh, you know I do a couple of support groups every month uh, Arthur Senior Care uh, sponsors Arthur's Memory Cafe, which we've been doing, gosh, for about 10 years now. And we meet the second and the fourth Wednesday of the month at 1 o'clock Central, and that is virtual. And then also Brookdale North Oaks is sponsoring a Caregiver Connect, which also has respite for their loved ones with dementia. And that is the last Wednesday of each month at 10 a.m. Central. Right now we are doing that. Um, virtually, but we hope in May we will be back and in sync. Uh, And then exciting news for you out there who are doing some cool things in the dementia field. If you have something you're really proud of, apply for MODS Awards, um, because if you're an individual, you can win up to $5,000. If you're um, a company, up to $25,000, and that is for work that you've already done. And they also have another venture called Mauds Ventures, and that you can win fifty dollars to $100,000. And that's kind of a percolator to uh, get some seed money going for something uh, dementia-specific. They have three different challenges. You can go to modsventures.org or modsawards.org for information on both of those. I do want to... Um, Just let us hear from the Alls authors, and then we're going to be right back with our guest, and we're going to be talking about the Daughterhood, which is the podcast for caregivers. Hello, podcast listener. If you're caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's or dementia, you'll want to check out Alls Authors, the global community of authors writing about Alzheimer's and dementia from personal experience. We have the most comprehensive collection of hundreds of carefully vetted books and blogs covering all types of dementia and caring situations. Our authors' personal stories and painfully learned lessons can help you on your own journey. We also offer a fabulous podcast called Untangling Alzheimer's and Dementia, which you can find on any of your podcast platforms. Remember, you are not alone. One can sing a lonely song, but we chose to form a choir and create harmony. Find us at
2: allsauthors.com. well we
1: are back
0: and i can't wait to introduce our guest today rosanne uh, cochran uh, cared for her mother for over 12 years which is a long time and she started as she says as a stealth caregiver to a full-time caregiver and then to an in-home sandwich caregiver for her mother the final six years she created uh, daughterhood the podcast for caregivers after experiencing firsthand the stress and isolation that caregiving can bring along with the lack of meaningful resources for for care partners and so the podcast itself really cultivates a dynamic group of subject matter experts and helps listeners navigate uncharted waters and um, i'm just thrilled to have you with us so welcome roseanne how are you doing today I'm, I'm okay, Lori. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It's an honor. Well, good. I was I was a little nervous because I had put you on mute, and I was praying to God that it was going to unmute <laughs> because we had a little te- technical difficulties earlier here. And so, I, I, my heart that's was okay. pumping. My heart was pumping a little fast. Going, okay, please, please work, please work. So, um, yeah, I'm sure all. All of our listeners can appreciate those technical difficulties, and we were down to about a minute and a half, and I said, okay, I'm going to reboot my computer. We're going to try this all over again (laughs) to see if we can get this thing to work. Um, Well, it's the beauty of going live, isn't it? Yeah. It's it's the beauty of going live. Well, It's okay. It's all good. It's just that thing. It's kind of like with caregiving, you know, you got to punt and you, 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 you pray a lot and you, you got to punt and then look for an alternative if that doesn't work. So, well, thank you Absolutely. so much for, for taking the time to be with us today. I always start out asking every everyone if they have been personally touched by dementia um, in their family or circle of friends. And if you wouldn't mind just sharing with us.
3: No, absolutely. Um, my mother was one of thirteen siblings, and nine of them had some sort of dementia so um, I have been um, around dementia for a very long time i My mother was the second youngest of all of her siblings, and I was the youngest of my siblings. so I came in very late to the party as I was a change of life baby for my mom and um so i've I've witnessed a lot of uh, not only caregiving, but the 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 process of caregiving and the process of disease, really. Um, so, because along with dementia, there were other health issues as well. So that I, I could I could always see I always felt like I could hear the train whistle at some point. You know, it was over over there in the future. Um, so when when she had said to me when she was eighty, I think my memory's changing. I thought, well, thank God. I don't have to bring this up. Do you know, mm-hmm. Lori, like, okay, great. We can talk about this and we can go forward. And, and it was, and I felt a little relieved and, but that was very short lived because then um, we never went back to it really. Like I, I, I bought one of those books that had like fill in the blanks to test mm-hmm. your, to see where you're at memory wise. And she was like, I don't need that. And I thought, Oh no. Like, did the window close that quickly? What happened? So I didn't have that um, that chance to have that conversation because, and that's that's that anosognosia that we that we all hear about and and is so frustrating where there's not that there's not that recognition that there's a problem. Then
1: so mm-hmm. then I
3: thought, well, okay, we'll go to we'll go to the doctor and the doctor will help us and we'll be on the right path and everything. You know, it will be it. I'll have a handle. It'll be different because I will have a handle on this is what I thought, and that didn't happen because, as you know, doctors aren't the best at at being forthcoming or at being um, at wanting to say something that is detrimental like like a dementia diagnosis. Mm-hmm. so that's why, for what I say is self caregiving is I watched and I waited and I tried to do things. Um, to support her while remaining, while, you know, she remained independent. And it was basically a, a, a waiting game, really, unfortunately, until something happened. And she had fallen and, and um, fractured her hip. And we were at a different hospital from the regular system. And the doctor wrote down um, mild cognitive impairment. And I thought, oh my God, this is great. I have something, right? People are going to mm-hmm. pay attention to this. Okay, great. And when we went back to her regular doctor, she was like, nah, she's fine. That's just, that's just aging. It's fine. And I thought, mm-hmm. no, this isn't just aging. Like, you, know, you should know better than this. I know better than this. You're the doctor. So it, just, it, was just, it was almost like a comedy of errors in that her doctors were not forthcoming, and they didn't want to say anything. Now, I should say my mother was very independent, and she always looked 20 years younger than she was. Mm-hmm. So for them, it was, well, she looks great. Yes, I know she does, but she's not eating. She tells me she ate. She doesn't eat. Um, we're buying the same things at the store all the time. You know, uh, she's not as social as she was. And, of course, what happens in that realm, too, is that people around, around you start dying. And so my mother was a ballroom dancer, and her partner died. So of course she wasn't going to be out because she didn't have a partner, but it was more than that. And that's what I was trying to say to them. Like her it's different. She's withdrawing from people. And it still didn't it still didn't matter, Lori. And that's part of the frustration. Mhm. When when you're trying to deal with these doctors that, and you're trying to tell them what's happening and it's like no 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 and I've come to find out it's because you know there's no business model right everybody every disease needs a business model and um, unfortunately there just isn't one for dementia
1: mm-hmm. so
3: I just kept on I just kept on plugging and tried to tried to do the best I could and uh, a few years before she moved in with us. I would drop my daughter off at school and drive down to my mother's and wait for her to wake up. And then I would spend the day there until I had to leave to go pick my daughter back up from school. And then I would call another three to four times through the night until it was time for bed. I labeled all her electronic devices so that when she would call and say she didn't know how she got, like she was watching TV and she didn't know how she got from the program she was watching to something else. And I was able then to say, you know, I took a picture of the, of the device as well so I could walk her through the steps to get her back on track I was mm-hmm. counting pills I would you know all of the things that we do as caregivers um, that that people don't realize sometimes I think uh, so that's what I was trying to do to support her and then she had a few other issues she had vertigo she had a vasovagal syndrome where she would pass out if she got hot where she had pain and she had passed out one time and I, I honestly I went down I scooped her up and I brought her to my house and that's where she stayed, and that, that's how I got her here because I would have never been able to get her out of her apartment because of that independent Street, you know, mm-hmm. which is great, and I supported that, and I, it was important to her to be independent, and I tried to support that for as long as possible, um, and then when, when we were at that point, it was, it was apparent that, that she needed that help, and I, I often say I got lucky in quotes that there was something that enabled me to bring her here.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that, that actually was a gift, you know, and I think part, you know, when you were talking about the doctors too, is they don't really give out any support systems, you know, at all, you know, for people. I mean, most people are lucky if they get the Alzheimer's association and there's so many different organizations out there and individuals in groups that can that can assist people but there's such a disconnect and, and that's exactly why we we created dementia map was to try to help with that as well and you know you've developed your your podcasts, um like I and, and so many others now are stepping up and going oh my gosh this is so overwhelming and it doesn't need okay. to be this traumatic on everybody you know all day long when you're trying to figure it out to, all by yourself and it's so nice right. you know to be able to know that there there are others and that you you aren't alone well let's let's talk about um you know, when you created your podcast, you know what the heck were you thinking? What what, what did you want to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> well,
3: well, well. For the first, you know, for the first three years when I, when I was caring for my mom, it was it was a patchwork of coverage, right? Because I do have siblings, but they are much older, and and I was trying to I was trying to find that balance of. Um, you know, I have kids. I have kids at home. My my da- one daughter was a senior in high school. My other one was an eighth grader. We had things all the time, and trying to um, get that help in was hard. And you know, I finally it, it took me three years to get an, a, an outside caregiver to come in and give me a little bit of respite, right, on a on a on a somewhat regular basis that I could I could control and not. Mm-hmm. Um, I can do it if i 'm available or i 'm not available and all of that so so with that, it gave me like a break, and um, I had found daughterhood the website back in 2015 when I had first moved my mother in and I was like, this is great. And I thought, wow, this is great. Like support groups. Well, who who the heck can go to a support group when you're caregiving? And I thought about, and I I looked around and I I went on the Alzheimer's Association website and they had support groups at night. And I thought, who's scheduling these for night? Like, are you Mm -hmm. kidding me? There's no dementia caregiver, Alzheimer's caregiver that's going out at night in my mind. So um, so when I got this caregiver in, I, I contacted Daughterhood and started a support group, and it was like in January of 2019. And I I was meeting with these people, and we were all feeling the same thing, and we were all we were all trying to slog through the same information, and it's, it's interesting because I felt like a lot of times it was like finger wagging, like you have to take time for yourself and you've got to do this. And it's like, that's great, but I'm, I'm drowning here. And it's, it's like trying to tell a drowning person to just kick harder and you'll be fine. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, it, it doesn't work. So I, I approached Anne Tomlinson from Daughterhood and I said, did you ever think about having a podcast? I would love to create this podcast. And in my mind, I knew I couldn't do it weekly I couldn't do it biweekly. I mean, I was caregiving, right? And uh, But I thought if I did a monthly podcast, I could manage that. I'd be able to research. I'd be able to interview. Uh, I would, you know, sit in my closet. It was nice and quiet, and I could interview people and bring that to, you know, as the, as the voice of all of the people that I'm sitting in the support group with to ask these questions, you know, to say, <laughs> this is, like, this is, this is how it is. This is what I'm feeling. And we need help here. And, and to bring them with me when I spoke with those, when I spoke with those um, experts or content subject matters or, you, you know what I mean, to be able to, to bring that with, with me. And I thought, I, I don't know if I can do this, but I'm going to give it a shot. It was what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. And, I, and when I thought about, okay, well, how do I do this? In, in the midst, I could always hear my mother because she was that person that would say, Did you help somebody? Did you did you help that person today? And I thought, well, at the very least that would be that would be it. And at the at the end of each of these episodes I wanted I wanted whoever was listening to be able to have gained some sort of insight into what they needed help with or to have a plan or or something, a thought, or something that would help them make it another day or another hour. And if and if there wasn't that, then at least I wanted them to think, to know that they had a friend, and that they weren't alone in how they were feeling. You know, that somebody understood that they were doing this.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
3: and that's that's how this all started. And it's it's crazy to me because. Um, it is. It was in the very midst of this. I mean, I'm talking to. I'm talking to these experts as I'm talking to Judy Cornish about dementia behaviors. As my mother's, you know, saying, I want to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm talking. I'm I'm talking to Tippa Snow about the importance of caregivers taking a break for themselves in the midst of drow- literally drowning, and saying to her, But how do you do that? You know, mm-hmm. I can't even take a shower. <laughs> Like, mm-hmm. like I can't, you know. Don't say go go out and get a, a manicure and you'll feel better. I can't even take a shower. How do we do this? And and her, you know, that we have to take this time, or else we're going to drown as as people. We're not going to be able to survive the caregiving experience. So mm-hmm. it was, you know, my backgrounds in communications, and I thought, okay, well, you know, I'll figure this out, and and we'll see what comes of it. And honestly, I'm fortunate that that Anne did say, yeah, run with it, and. Uh, I'm fortunate that people seem to like it and um and I hear from them that it's that it's been helpful to them, and that that's really that's really what I was hoping for at the end of the day just to make somebody you know feel that they weren't alone and that they had some help.
0: Well, and it's so funny when you say kind of that shaking finger at you, just, you know, slow down, take some time. It's like, you know, <laughs> step in my shoes, please, you know, yes. or yes. or even when you mentioned about having some respite for yourself. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything more frustrating to someone who's giving care when someone says, oh, okay, I'll come over and, you know, I'll I'll relieve you, you know, for three or four hours, and then all of a sudden they don't show and you've rearranged uh-huh. your schedule and you've gotten excited if it's if it's that you're just gonna take a nap or you're gonna go get your hair cut or you're gonna go sit at the park yes. i mean it doesn't really make any difference what you're doing, but then it uh, to me I found it it just made me feel like i'm i I'm, I'm not asking anymore i can't I can't get excited for this because now I just rearranged everything to accommodate this, and which Absolutely. complicated my life, but I know that I needed this. And then you, you let me down, you know. And well, and I know I yeah shouldn't shouldn't should look at it like let, being let down. But boy, that sure is how it feels. Well, it it does, and that's the part. That's the other part of
3: of what people don't realize is that the stress, the isolation, and the resentment grows from having to ask other people to help you, mm-hmm. and then them saying. It's almost like they have to. They're deciding if they can or cannot. You mm-hmm. know, like we're the ones that are in these rooms, and that goes into that. It goes into all of that resentment of, okay, well, I'm here, I'm doing this, and you're over there deciding if you're going to rearrange your schedule for two hours so I can do X. Mm-hmm. And that that adds to that resentment, and it's it's hard. And then you're right. It's like you know what? Well, then forget it. Forget it. I'm not yep. even going to bother.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's, you know, you got enough bumps in the road as it is and detours. And, and that's a big one. That's a big one. When, when it's really about self-care and sanity and things and, and, and maybe, it, just, you know, getting your own affairs in order, staying on top of your own stuff, which I know for a lot of people, that slides. So, um, yeah, yeah. those are totally. difficult, difficult times. Um, you know the the term self care. You know you mentioned is kind of mm-hmm. an awful term. What what would you what would
3: you recommend we call it? Uh, I, I I have a burning hatred for self care. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really it makes me irrationally it makes me irrationally angry because it's it, the the connotation is the massage or the manicure or the manicure or take a trip take a mm-hmm. trip. When you're, when you're caregiving, it's like, are you kidding? So I don't know if it's, I don't know if it take some time for yourself. I don't know if it's carve out a little, it, because that's what it is. We're carving out these moments in, in our days,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
3: and, and I can tell you because I did have that help. I had that help for a whole year, Lori, and I, I almost felt like a regular person with that help. Now, mind you, I had a caregiver come in. I would still, I would still wake my mom up, I would still get her dressed. I'd still get breakfast i did I still did everything all the caregiver had to do was sit here to make sure that mm-hmm. she was okay. that was it like i did all the i did all the all the everything else mm-hmm. and I actually did feel like a a person I was able to think, I physically felt better, and i understood okay this is this is what they're all talking about. You have to have those moments. and then the pandemic hit mm-hmm. so it was like, for me, it was like, okay, get back in the box because, you know, I, I couldn't have the caregiver come in anymore. I didn't know what the heck was going on. I was watching everything on, you know, how things were coming, moving across the world. I wasn't going out and I didn't have anybody coming in.
2: Mm-hmm. So then
3: it just kind of exploded. So then it, it actually became, okay, how are you going to survive this? Because there was no out, there was no break, and what i what I found was I started to do little things that I could do in my own house as a bridge to get me until I could go out again, which turned out to be you know nine, ten eleven months, however long that was but mm-hmm. it was it was it was little things that I could do and and the first thing I did was I gave myself a shitectomy, I let <laughs> go of anything I felt like I should do mm-hmm. right. <laughs> I wasn't going to sit here and think, well, I should be doing this or I should be doing, no. And that was, you know, in the world when when the world was like, hey, we can clean closets or look, we can clean out basements. We're going to do this. It was like, no, the caregivers, our worlds just got smaller. They got smaller <laughs> and they got harder. So, and then I tried to, uh, you know, breathing helped because I don't breathe. I'm a shallow breather. I don't, I think, I think caregivers don't breathe to begin with. I think we're holding, we're always holding our breaths. You know what I mean? And um, so I tried to concentrate on on the kind of things that I could do in my house because there was no getting out of the house. And they were the kind of things that I tried to bring in. Like I, I found myself um, listening to celebrity memoirs on Audible. And you can get this <laughs> in the library too. But when I couldn't take the clapping of Wheel of Fortune one more night, I would put in my my earbuds and I would listen to that because it was almost like it transported me someplace else. Mm-hmm. Now, this isn't this isn't anything you can you can continue to do like you you need to get out. You need to get out of your house. But in that type of a situation, it's like, okay, what can I do right here in this moment to provide something back to myself? And I'm a big journaler. I uh, what started out as journaling and writing down literally just my mother's symptoms and what was going on and and what she was doing That's how it started for me Um, so that I could, you know, then go into her physicians and say, okay, so this is what I'm seeing. This is what's happening. And it morphed into my writing every day. And, you know, even when I was writing with those, you know, this is what's happening, this is what's going on, I would write myself little notes like, yes, Roseanne, you're seeing this and you're doing the best you can because Mm -hmm. I knew I would never, I would always think, well, I should have done this, right? Or I could have done that. Well, what, what, what about that? And it was like, it's, it's, you're doing the best you can in the situation that you're in with the information that you have in this moment. And mm-hmm. that's what I try to remember and keep, you know, keep in my mind. And I, I mean, I have stacks of journals now because it, it morphed into my writing about the day, writing about how I felt about the day, you know, all of that, um, So it's, it it was something, it was an outlet and it was a way to almost uh, just get it out of my head because again, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it just kind of sits there, but it's also where the support groups came in because we were, we started meeting on Zoom because again, we were all caregivers. We couldn't, where were we going? So Zoom became a huge lifesaver for me for the entire length of the pandemic and you know when you're in these support groups, and I'm not a support group person, Lori. Let me just say, <laughs> I'm not. You know, you come from an Italian family, it's la famiglia. Like you, you keep it in house and you, you deal with your own problems. But with support groups, to be able to go in there and and actually say, this is what I'm, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking, and have somebody else say, oh my god, I feel the same way, because we can't say that to other people. Other people don't understand. What goes into this caregiving, you know, yep. journey? And mm-hmm. when you're when you're talking with other people that understand what it's like to um, not have any sleep and be so stressed out of your head and not even know how you're how you're making it through the day, it's that community that gets you through. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's you know, so true. And, and I, it's
0: all, I, I, oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, you know, I was kind of anti-support group too because it was like, I have no time. Are you nuts? Yeah, <laughs> right. I, you're adding another thing onto my list for this person. I didn't even see it for myself. I thought for right for for my mom, and I'm like, I, mm-hmm. I just can't squeeze another thing in. And, you know, I am so low on the totem pole, I don't even register in terms of taking care right. of myself because I'm, I'm trying to keep everything else afloat, you know, because it's not yeah. just the person, it's it's your whole life, yeah. it's your family, it's your kids, it's your work, it's your, you know, whatever yeah. it might be, all those different roles we play. And you're right, people don't understand um, the, the heaviness of that, even if you want to do it it still is right. tremendous. You know, when you talked about having somebody come into the house and you were still doing everything, but you felt lighter. And I think you felt yep. lighter because you weren't alone. You know, even though Except you were exactly it. doing it, it's, it, there is there is magic. I mean, it's like fairy dust when you don't feel alone. Yes. Uh, it really turns yes. <laughs> it turns the tables. And I think that's where the different types of, of support gatherings that are out there, I don't even like to call them groups because it – to me, it's just too heavy. You know, I, I like to gather with right. my friends. And um, yeah. people have such deep connections in these groups because they can be their authentic selves because in state emotions and feelings that they wouldn't dare to somebody else because they wouldn't understand and they'd be looked down on. Well, you well, you should never say that. You should never feel that. You should. You know, and it's like, well, you yes. want to switch roles for a week? And then let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> exactly,
3: exactly, and and that's exactly it. Because, and I, I mean, I can't tell you how many people come to the circle, and and at the end of it, they say, "Boy, I can't tell you how much how much better I feel now. I'm so glad that I came, because it is that community. And I I start off every group by saying, "Listen, what's said here is stays here." And there is no judgment here. There isn't a, you know, because you get, you get the people that, that can say there's some really hard things. And, and I always say that I can say I absolutely adore my mother. I love her. I will and have done anything for her. And this is really hard. Mm-hmm. Both of those statements can exist in the exact same moment, and that's okay. Yeah. And, and it, that's very true people,
0: to go forward. Yeah. It's very true that people yeah. don't realize that those two things can exist in the same space. You can love and hate something at the same time. <laughs> you know, right. it's um, absolutely, you know, you can you can be filled and drained at the same time going through the process. Yeah. And it's yeah. uh, uh, but but having those connections to other people in. You know, when people share, I mean, it's one of the best ways to learn, and to mm-hmm. you know maybe avoid situations, or or take that situation instead of beating yourself up. Going, what's a lesson? You know, there's a there's a lesson in this, and I need to share that lesson absolutely. with my group. You know, absolutely, and, no, and working absolutely. together on resolutions um, is a is a well, really really beautiful that- thing. Totally. And that's the other thing about the
3: sharing of information. Because let's, let's be honest, you can find anything you want on the Internet, right? You just Google, you know, services near me in your zip code. You're good to go.
2: Mm-hmm. That
3: doesn't help you. Disseminate it and make a plan out of it. It doesn't help you know the difference between this home care agency and that home care agency. It doesn't help you when you're trying to find a podiatrist to come to your house, and that's mm-hmm. part of the the sharing in that. You know, my my mom was a hairdresser, so she knew everything about everything in the area from talking to her customers, mm-hmm. and and I've always expanded on that. People will call me and say, "Do you know where the?" Yes, I do. Just go over here because. It's it's information, but it's the delivery behind it, and it's the support behind it that makes that information come to life for you. Because mm-hmm.
2: then
3: you actually have a real life person that says, "Yeah, I I, I went there; it was great." And you're like, "Okay, well then, I, let me try there." But you know, it's it's just helpful. It's just helpful mm-hmm. all the way
0: around. Yeah, very 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 much so. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, being an advocate. Um, you know, for care partners. What, what does that mean to you?
3: I, I could go on and on about the unjust and unsafe and, and plain just idiotic rules of not being allowed into the hospital or, you know, with someone living with dementia over through the pandemic. I mean, we we've all witnessed what all of that looked like. And, you know, I, you You need to have someone to speak for you when you can't speak for yourself. You just do. I have a friend who always who always tells doctors about her mother that she's just she's not just a lump of gray laying in that bed. She's my mother. she mm-hmm. was this she was that. she's a person, and they don't know that. They come in and and your your person that you're caring for your care partner is only words on a page and you have to bring those words to life for them. And you have to be able to stand, stand up for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I got pushed. I, well, I, I got a very, a very quick education when my, my youngest had a very rare eye condition, like 50 in the world rare. and this was, you know, the, the internet wasn't really a thing. And I mm-hmm. learned to to help her in the best way I could because there wasn't, because people didn't know I had to be the expert. I had to learn what the condition was. I had to learn everything about it. How did it happen? How does it go? Where do we go from here? But to not only take that education, but to not be afraid to ask the questions and to point it Mm -hmm. out to the doctors. To not be afraid to say to the doctor, "Here's, here's what's happening what does this look like or tell me what the path looks like or tell me what normally happens in these situations. We have to be, we have to not be afraid of taking on that role. And I, and I know that some people it it makes them uncomfortable and I get that. I mean, you know, it's hard, but when you're in charge, it comes with great responsibility. And in dealing with all of that, there's so many things that are offshoots of that because you, you know, you're, you're, you're under so much pressure trying to be in that world. And I would always say to the doctor, listen, I'm not a doctor. You're the doctor. This is Mm -hmm. what I'm bringing to you. And I want to work with you in this case, because that's what it comes down to. Um, You know, I, I, I would always, people would always say to me, are you a nurse? And I'm like, no, because when you start, I always call them magic words. You have to find the magic words to let the professional know that you know you've done your research. And yep. then it changes, it changes the level, Lori. I mean, it, it changes the playing field because then it's like, oh, okay, well, then I, I'm going to have to spend a little more time with this one. This one knows yep. what's happening. Do you
0: know? Yep. Oh, wait, oh totally. And I, I,
3: hate, I, I hate to say it like that, but that's what it comes down to
0: yeah no i i experienced that too and my my folks would always refer to me as their nurse and yes. um it, it was just hilarious and even one time i would this this is this is really funny but my husband went in for a procedure and the nurses set the doctor up to think that i was there to review him he was a nervous wreck oh. and <laughs> you know because my parents kept referring to me as this as this person and. And stuff, mm-hmm. and he—you could just see his eyes were kind of darting and and things. And finally, I said, "I don't know who you think I am, but I'm just their daughter." <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, he, he literally wiped, you know, a bead of sweat off his face
1: because he was, oh you know, my God, he was that's very, great.
0: very nervous. But you know, it—it it is. You have to—you yeah. have to let him know you're not going away and that you're going to stand up. Yeah. I, I remember arguing with a with a dentist for an hour and a half who wanted to go in and pull all my mother's teeth because they were chipped oh. and broken and she might get an infection. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not letting you pull her teeth and put dentures in They're They're not going to end up in her mouth anyways, you know, and, and uh, yeah. and she would know her teeth were pulled and he's like, Oh, she would mm-hmm. never know. And, and I said, yes, oh. she would. You don't know my mother. And he said, there's mm-hmm. no way she would sense that. And I said, and I said, I, I know she knows. And he's like, well, how? Yeah. And I said, because she used to like a peanut buster parfait until she thought the nuts were rocks. And then we switched to a blizzard <laughs> and that was fine until she thought there was sand in her malts. And then we ended up just going mm-hmm. to McDonald's and getting a hot fudge sundae with no nuts. And he was like shocked mm-hmm. that she could sense that. And I said, you have no idea how important her teeth were to her. And I said, no, you're not, you know, well, it won't cost you anything. This is not about cost. This is about comfort right. care and realizing yes. who you're caring for. And, um, yes. but, but the decisions sometimes, are, I think are made in such a black and white fashion. And, and I mean, we're talking rainbow here. Everybody's a little bit different. And, Yes. That needs to be taken into consideration. So when you're caring for somebody, you really need to know who they are and what, you know, what brings them joy, what scares them, you know, what do they want? How do they want to live? And, and you know, I think more people have to ask themselves, how would they like to live? Do you want to be forced Absolutely. to do something that you're not comfortable with, yep. that goes goes against the, the grain of your soul? Um, I mean, there there really are a lot, a lot of questions out there that people are in such denial that oh my gosh, life could end, or somebody might get sick, yeah. and so we don't discuss them, and that's just foolish. You know, it's just downright foolish. Well, it is. It it absolutely is. And it, it's because
3: we don't like to be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yep. We don't we don't like to have the uncomfortable conversations, and they need to be done because uh, surprise there is an end to our lives. And that, yeah. that is, you know, we're all heading in that direction. We have to have those conversations. And it's, it's infuriating to me when doctors say things like, well, she'll never know. What? What do you mean she'll never know? Like, If you think just because she can no longer drive or she can no longer remember how to balance a checkbook, that she doesn't have feelings and emotions and understands intuitively what is happening, you are the one with the problem.
1: Yeah, plus and you that, just said it in it's, front it's, of her.
3: <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's infuriating and it's insulting. And that's mm-hmm. the other part of this whole thing is the dignity. We have to – I don't understand how people can think that. I don't understand how people can think that, that inherently and intuitively that goes away. That never goes away. We know yes. that it never goes away, Lori, right? And it's yeah. like, come on, everybody. It's it's time to turn that page. It's time to turn that page. And But that goes back to education.
0: And
1: yeah. we
3: have to be educated so we can educate
0: others. And people have kind Especially of accepted, in the Yeah, people have kind of accepted, accepted. When, um, when someone's in a coma that they can still take everything in. But it, yet with somebody exactly. with dementia who's still walking around you know or you know up in a wheelchair or whatever no yep. they 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 blow that they just blow that away and they don't give them eye yeah. contact you know they don't include them in the conversation they i mean it, mm-hmm. it's it is really really amazing i had one um man who was in my um memory cafe and we we were doing mm-hmm. a special on financial planners and he said I switched to financial planners because I would always, he would always bring his wife with, because, you know, he was the the primary uh, care partner and she had to be with mm-hmm. him, needless to say. And um, right. he would never look at her. He would, he would oh. never include her in the conversation. And he's just said, I, I, I'm not doing this. You, you are not but a good fit for me. You. I, I am insulted. In terms of how yep. you are dealing with us. And he was he was angry. And that was a big account they I, lost, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I'm sure it was, but good good, good for him, him because it's not right.
3: Yeah. Yep. It's just not right. And that's I always say you can't have it both ways. You can't yep. have it where people think, No, they don't no, they they don't understand anything and then say, Oh, but but they, they knew I was there when they were done. No, you can't have it both ways.
1: Mm-hmm. You can't
3: think that exactly what you said. Somebody's in a coma and can hear you, but yet mm-hmm. you're going to ignore the person living with dementia. It does not, it's it's not acceptable. It's just not acceptable. Yeah. And that's just all part of it. It really, it really, you
0: know? it really I, is.
3: And I, I would also say for advocates, the really mm-hmm. important thing, I would always go in with a, I made a binder for my mother. It was just, I used to use my day timer back in the day. Lori, remember day timers when we used to write oh, notes on paper? <laughs> oh, my gosh, yeah.
0: Pagers. Remember that? Cell phones, cell phones that were Pagers, as big as, yeah, uh, all that.
3: you know. Yep. Yeah. Yep, used to have the calendar in the daytime, remember, trying to squeeze all that? Yeah. So I would, I would use day timer. And then that morphed into a three ring binder. But I would go into every doctor's appointment with my mother with this binder and I would write everything down. And when they would be looking for, oh, I don't know where that blood test is. And I would flip, 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 here it is. It was on blah, blah, blah and blah, blah, blah on this date and this is what you ordered. And and it makes them sit up a little straighter because they're like, oh boy, this one writes things down. You know, no, because no. it's it's a record. And it, and the that part of it, it's like I'm writing also. So when we when I call you on the phone and say her blood pressure is this over this, and we had this conversation in this office, I'm going to be able to refer back to it. But mm-hmm. it's all of those steps that go into that advocacy because it it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop when you leave that office. You're still fighting for them.
0: Yeah, and not everybody's a note taker. I'm a note taker too, and and things. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, so you, you've got to find out what works for you. But there are there are various right. systems. Some people, you know, ask the doctor if they can record things. Um so that oh, if absolutely. they have a care team yeah, that, that, that be can be that, mm-hmm. that can be shared. Most of them don't like to be
2: recorded.
3: <laughs> I right. That's about the problem food. with the recording, yeah.
2: Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: But, yeah, but you know, you know how it is when you get out in the car and you go. Wait, did he say? Did he say take that twice a day, or is that for a week, or was that for ten days? Like, I. That's why I write everything down so that I. And I always stop them. Hold on. I still do it. I do it for myself. I do it for my kids. I do all of that just just so that you know it because you know by the time you get to the car you're done. Yeah, <laughs> you, know,
0: you forget
1: everything. Yeah.
0: Well, I know my daughter just had an incident with uh, her dad was. Uh, it ended up in the emergency room and and they took him off a couple of medications and things, and they said he was down you know twenty pounds and that da that da da, da da and she asked for a copy of the file and he was down two ounces in a year, not twenty pounds oh wow, and so then they Gosh. ended up putting him back in the medications again and and but you know its and I mean we all do. Yes. Um right but right. but you got to be on your toes and it's okay yeah. to question. I know for my folks like they were not comfortable questioning the doctors. No. The doctors were god and in in my generation I yes. I'll be 63 in a couple of months and I have no problem you know asking yes. a question. None at all, absolutely. And nope. and I have no problem with somebody saying that they don't know but I'd like some follow up. <laughs> You know,
1: right. that, that's, what's expected.
0: Yep. that's what's expected from me in my job. You know, why would right. it not be for them?
3: Exactly. I totally On agree that. with you.
0: Totally
3: agree well, with
0: you. Yep. Time is just flying, but I do want to talk a little bit about grief. Um, because okay. I there's so much about grief. But if there's one thing that you could point out that you think people kind of miss about um You know, when when they're carrying on this journey about grief, what would that be that you're experiencing?
3: It that Mm -hmm. it's part of caring because um, I think the heaviness that everyone feels that you just can't shake and you can't quite put your finger on is grief, anticipatory Mm -hmm. grief. uh, It's ambiguous loss. It's it's flat out grief, and it's it's in many forms that you know you're your care partner has this disease or condition that's grieving that mm-hmm. you know, they're changing. Your relationship with them is changing the grief over what you're losing in your own life while you're caring. Like mm-hmm. we all have plans, right? Or we yeah. have thoughts or we have an idea of what we want to do. That all changes when you start caregiving, you know, yeah. the time that you lose is the time that you lose. And mm-hmm. that's grief. I, I mean, you know, my children were are grown women now. They weren't mm-hmm. when I first started caring back, back, back. And that's, you. things change, and it's just, it's part of that. And people don't, I mean, Lori, let's be let's be honest. People don't want to talk about grief when someone dies. They want mm-hmm. you to feel better. They want you to get over it. They want you to, okay, it's better now. You're good. Did better place, blah, 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 all that stuff. Nobody certainly wants to talk about it while you're in the midst of caring and yep. it's important to acknowledge that so that you know that yes this is this is that heaviness that you feel it's grief
1: mm-hmm. and
3: and that's okay like you're allowed to talk about that
2: mm-hmm.
3: but it's it's hard and it just it it adds another layer onto caregiving
0: it really does it really really does and i i do think it's important to acknowledge the loss that you're feeling but i also think Mm -hmm. it's really important um and this was something that that i found for myself that it was really important for me to realize that i couldn't have grief if i didn't care and if i didn't love first and you know the the, the heavier it is you know Mm -hmm. kind of the luckier you are in a lot of ways that that you you know had that relationship to begin with and so many people kind of go down the rabbit hole and i think we all go down the rabbit hole we have to for a while but you have to be able to pull yourself out too and and you know don't forget what you're thankful for um because there's a there's a lot you'll learn during this journey too and and I think it's an opportunity to really grow your relationship, even though people look at it and go, the person's shrinking, you know, they're, they're fading away. But if you go with them, um, I found I, I learned to, to love um, unconditionally on levels I didn't even know existed A- and Absolutely. appreciate the the smaller things in life that really filled my heart. And you know, big and flashy—I could care less about nowadays. Nope. And it's really I, turned my life upside down in a good way. Fully,
3: fully agree with you. It's not—it's the everyday moments. Um, you know, my father passed right before my seventeenth birthday, so I—I I was fully aware that life can change in an instant, and then
2: mm-hmm.
3: the people that you love and the people that are in your life will not always be in your life. Mm-hmm. And I carried that. With me going forward, all the time with my mother. My mother was my person. I mean, she was she was it for me. She was she was my my world, and mm-hmm. I knew that I was walking her home in this journey. I was fully aware of that from the beginning, and my goal was to care for her and not make her feel um, scared or worried. Like I didn't want her to worry about anything, Lori. And I know mm-hmm. that's very unreasonable and I know that's a high bar to set for yourself. But that mm-hmm. was my goal. I wanted to make everything as pleasant and as as nice for her as I could.
1: Mm-hmm. Because I
3: knew there would come a day when she wasn't gonna be here. I didn't know and and I didn't I didn't spend the days with her thinking, oh, but you're going to leave me. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, I am enjoying these these moments with you, and I'm going to make the best of this with you and for you,
1: um,
3: knowing full well when she left, it was going to be completely different, and I was going to be yep. left with a completely different world, and I am, and I have been. Yep. Um, but I, I had to acknowledge that so that for me, it was like, oh, God, of course it's grief. It makes perfect sense. How could it not be grief? It goes along with that with that and statement. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. Yep. I, can, I can be grieving and I can still enjoy where I am with my mother in this space. I'm not going to let it permeate and make me sad all the time. But mm-hmm. I am going to acknowledge that it's part of this. And I'm going to acknowledge that this is a heavy load to carry. And I need to acknowledge that so that I can try to disperse that grief, if that mm-hmm. makes sense.
0: Well, I think that makes a you lot know? of sense. I think it makes a lot of sense. And it's uh, it's just such an interesting process, you know, to, to go through. And I, I, so many people, like you said, don't want you to go. They, they don't want you to go through it. They want you to be done with it. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yep. <laughs> just just Absolutely. get over it.
2: Oh, and Mhm. And
0: um and you you yeah. feel like
3: you're on the clock anyway. Yeah.
0: Mhm. Yeah. And and then but it, it is, makes you it makes you feel less than. Like, am I not normal? What's yeah. the deal? And we really have to understand, no, this isn't their problem. This is their discomfort. Yes. This is this is this is how they wanna handle it, but you have a right to handle it however you see fit you know and um, and sometimes that's a hard thing to stand up to you know because you want to fit in and and you want to mm-hmm. be over it you you want to get through it it's painful but everyone yep. does it at a different pace and that is perfectly yep. acceptable you know like absolutely that. absolutely yeah well we just have and about I, five... I... Oh, go ahead no, go ahead I was just going no, to no, say we have say, five, we five, five minutes left. <laughs> five <laughs> minutes left. Okay.
3: <laughs>
0: so if there's, if there's anything else that you want to tell people, now's the time to do it. So that's all. No, I, I mean, I would say as caregivers, you know, everybody
3: feels like they're in their own their own world doing this this job, mm-hmm. and that they're alone. And and I think my my battle cry is that you're not alone. You're not, and I know that you feel that you are alone. But you, but you are not. There are there are plenty of us out here. And if you don't have the people in your life that can provide the support that you need, whatever that support is, and whatever that support looks like, find find those of us that are out here that can help. And it's not. It, there's no magic wand here, Lori. You know that. There's no. There's no. We'll just do this, and everything will be great. It's not, there isn't, it's amazing to me that there isn't some sort of help in that manner, Mm -hmm. Um, you you know, a roadmap of some sort, and we can can compile a roadmap, and that's the beauty of talking to other caregivers. At least there's something there that I've tried this, you can try this, or this and that, but when it comes to the emotional support, and you do need emotional support as a caregiver, you just do, because it's hard, and it's heavy, and it's lonely, Mm -hmm. and it's isolating. There yeah. are people out here for you, and I, I you know I know people may be afraid to reach out. People may say, "You know I don't want to listen to other people's problems. I understand all of that, but if you simply allow yourself the opportunity, I think it will help just lighten your load a little bit, and that's really all you know we're trying to do across the board is. Lighten people's loads and make them understand that they they're not alone and they don't have to they don't have to endure this alone. Exactly. So
0: that's exactly. that, you know that's so what I would say. Let's give people your contact information. Um, the uh, you're on Twitter at Roseanne I'm, and oh go ahead. No, I was going to say yep. Twitter at Roseanne podcast. That's me on tw- that's
3: me on Twitter and then Facebook, Instagram, and um, LinkedIn, no Facebook and Instagram. I am uh, Daughterhood the podcast, and I I do man those sites. It's me that you're talking to. Um, if you want to drop me a message or if you want to say hello, I would love to to, to hear from you. And and that is that is my social media. Uh, also at daughterhood.org, if you want to find a daughterhood circle in your area, or if there's not one in your area and you'd like to start one, you can do that too. That's daughterhood.org, and my podcast is also on the Daughterhood site under the podcast section.
0: Okay. And, and I have gotten two links from you. So I have like a podcast one and a podcast two. And I'm not, one says uh, Daughterhood the Podcast for Caregivers, and the other one is Daughterhood.org, Daughterhood the Podcast. So I don't know. If right. You, so do those? the 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 other
3: site, well, the, the, the two is on, it comes off of the Daughterhood site, the
0: Daughterhood.org okay. site. I
3: have a page there. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And then yeah. what about, a,
0: I have a blog for you too, heyrow.com. Yeah. I started a blog just
3: as, as me, as, mm-hmm. as just me, um, as a caregiver. And um, that's my blog, Com. So it's a lot, you know, it's, it's personal musings. And, um, and uh, of late I've been, I've been writing about the podcast that I, that I do uh, release from a, from a caregiver perspective as well
0: okay well wonderful and you, can, you can visit me there too because that's me too so mm-hmm. okay well great well Roseanne, thank you so much for taking time to be with us today um you can hear the passion in your voice and you know i encourage people to to check out our podcast and social media and connect uh the more resources we have the better off we all are so uh don't uh don't worry about offending me. Sometimes I see that in support groups. People think, well, I can't go to another support group. And it's yeah. like, yes, you, you go to as many support <laughs> yes, groups can. as you need. You know? <laughs> yes. Eat up the resources. Yes. They really will fill up your soul. And so don't deny yep. yourself that. Don't deny yourself. No. Yep. Well, thanks, everybody. Well, Have um, a wonderful week. And uh oh, go ahead, Roseanne. No, I was going to say, Lori, thank you for all you do. And thanks for the dementia map. and
3: and everything that you do to support caregivers as well. Great.
0: Thank you. Have a great week, everyone. Mm -hmm. Bye now. Bye. Bye,
2: everybody.